got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season two, episode two of Virtual Dopeness. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, PJ Alex. And today we got some brand new co-hosts that we're welcoming to the Virtual Dopeness family. And we got some new topics to come at you and talk about and have great discussion. I appreciate y'all for being here. This week's episode, we are going to talk about a very ignorant-ass nigga interview with (laughs) Joe Budden and Lil Yachty. We're going to talk about the Kendrick Lamar Damn album. And we're going to... We can even talk about the damn Kendrick Lamar album. Hi. And, and we are also going to talk about how Trump just fucked up the internet privacy for everybody. Clear your browser histories, kids. So, bringing y'all into this podcast, we have two new co-hosts that we were welcoming. We have Devon. We have Castro. One who I've known for about eh, circle 10, 12 years now. And one who I've known for about an hour and 12 minutes. <laughs> so... Introduce yourselves and welcome to the Virtual Dopeness family. Yeah, my name is Devon Clark, and like PJ Alex was saying, I've known him for about a decade, you know, maybe even 12 years. Man, goodness gracious, man, we go way back. Um, I know, I've known him since I went to Morehouse. Uh, he was one of my step coaches my freshman year. Uh, I did some freshman dorm stuff and then whatnot. So he, that's how I met him, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, but anyways, uh, I was a computer science major at Morehouse and now I'm doing web programming at, um, you know, a, 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 a state organization out here in Texas. Uh, and on the side, I do clothing as well. Uh, Castro, I'll let you take it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll let y'all know. My name is Marcus, uh, Marcus Castro. I go by Castro. But, uh, yeah, I just met PJ Alex, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, about an hour and 12 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a uh, Devon's roommate you know what I'm saying, good friend right now. And uh, I have a clothing brand as well. Um, it's called Too Familiar. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty much just in the realms right now of kind of designing and uh, getting things ready for the 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 jump off of my brand so i haven't fully released it yet but i'm I'm in the works but i'm excited to be here today and i appreciate you know pj apps letting me be on the show yeah working grinding that's what we all doing hey man that's that's what the that's what it is it's about running after the dream because this podcast is honestly a dream for me and exactly. podcast in the podcast community and and bringing us up giving people a voice and a platform so <laughs> hey and i've seen and and Trust me, in the show notes, there's going to be links to some of the stuff that they got in works and some of the stuff that they got for production right now. So y'all be able to see the clothing. Hopefully we can get some in the future, some 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 dope virtual dopeness merchandise popping. Because I think, yo, I think y'all, I think we're going to have to do eventually a virtual dopeness shot glass because this also this podcast is also brought to you by alcohol. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's about having fun guys like it's all about having fun so all right so let's so so speaking about not having fun and having a hostile situation on your hands oh, let's talk about this interview look so uh there was an interview it was on um vlad tv and complex it was a combination of those two 
Um, I think Vlad TV is now under Complex or maybe is some joint venture. But anyway, it was an interview between um, Vlad. I don't even think it was Vlad. It was, uh, I forget who the dude and the chicken in, in the interview were. But it was Joe Buttons. The main, the main people were Joe Buttons and Lil Yachty. Buttons as an interviewer and Lil Yachty as the uh-huh. interviewee. So, Devon, you actually watched the entire interview. I've watched part of it, and um, Castro's watched part of it. Can, so, can you give us kind of like a rundown, breakdown of what the interview was supposed to be about and, and kind of what it ran into? So, really, the gist of it, to be honest with you, it, it seemed like a conversation where, I don't know, I would say that Joe Budden kind of came in with some prior feelings uh, you know, prior to the to the conversation, and he was pretty much just kind of you know slamming at uh, Lil Yachty. He was going pretty him. He, he he kept going at him. He kept making you know little slight little little comments at towards him to where he, it was kind of downplaying him. And little little Yachty was kind of like trying to just brush him off pretty much, and you know just kind of go with the flow. And Button just kept going at him. It was crazy. And I mean, I don't really mean to make it necessarily about Bud, but like, it, you got to take it for what it is. You know, it, it was an interview. Lil Yachty was like one of the, I, I, I'm not going to say big people in the room, but he was one of the most talked about. Everybody wanted to, you know, get his sense of his views on like, you know, certain things and whatnot. They started off asking him about the Met Gala and, you know, I would say like, 10 seconds in the interview, Joe Buttons is throwing jabs already. You know, so, I mean, I would say that's that's the big thing around around this whole interview. I feel you. And at some points, I could... Joe was asking legitimate questions. And at some points, it seemed like he was taking jabs. And, he was and legitimate questions, definitely. You know. Like, and that's the thing, like... Like I hear a lot of the the younger kids who are listening, who are the true like Yachty, and they they eventually talk about Uzi Vert and Twenty One and um, Migos, and that's what a lot of these kids are saying is that these angry old heads keep coming at them, like out of pocket coming at them, <laughs> and and so like the Met Gala thing, it started off as a normal interview, like oh saw you went to the Met Gala. And Yachty was like, yeah, it's everybody's there. And he described his experience of it. And um, it was just, and so that's how it, it started. He, he threw a little slight comment, I guess. I, I would say, look, Yachty, <laughs> he threw a little slight comment, but it wasn't really like, you know, just crazy. Yeah, it you wasn't. Know, <laughs> but he threw, threw a little punchline. Yeah, but I mean, Yachty's popping right now. Like that's he's that dude. He's he's popping up on all the award shows, popping up on all the commercials, popping up on everywhere. So I don't necessarily like. I don't necessarily listen to Yachty like that. Like I don't necessarily bang with Yachty or anything like that. You know, I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but <laughs> but I don't necessarily listen to his music like that. Um, but I do think, like every time he he, he talks, he 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 um, you know portrays himself very well. He uh, he, he always 
about how positive he is, how happy he is, and, and, and whatnot. And I, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, that's what it, that's that's what matters, right there. Exactly. And like with his stuff, like he people don't. A lot of people, I didn't know his background until the uh, which we call it the, the y'all y'all watch Vice or Viceland. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there was a Vice Noisy episode about Atlanta. Uh, and uh, they went and interviewed him and he's he was he grew up in Mableton, Georgia, which is like super middle class, like it's not rich but it's not poor. And he he went he obviously was in college at, at some point. He went he graduated high school. He doesn't do drugs. Like he he's he's on record with saying he doesn't drink and he doesn't do drugs. I and yeah, he 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 said all this, and he knew that the street life wasn't. A, he wasn't about that street life. He never like portrays that he's really about like hood shit. So, I I think he pretty much has been like himself in in everything he's done really, and and maybe screwed up a couple times in the beginning, <laughs> which he even talks about. Yeah, he does kind of go into that a little, uh, you know, a little bit. Um... I don't know. I would just say that, like, while he was trying to, you know, give his outtake on everything, on, like, you know, what they were questioning about, it, it, it just seemed like, it just seemed like nothing he said was sat- satisfying enough for Button, you know? Yep. Cause, so, to give a little context, like, if you haven't seen the interview... Before the, the, the spaz out moment, because there is like a point where they, they're like Joe Budden yells, basically just yells at him for no apparent reason. <laughs> but basically what they were talking about was Joe, Joe Budden came kind of was kind of like saying, hey, I can tell like all you doing is like what the what the label tells you and what and like even your your like cover art of because that was where that was where it like started to go left. Was with when he was trying to explain the cover art to his his album that's coming up. It's called like teenage teenage feelings. Oh yeah, the whole left left field. Yeah, where if you the cover art is basically like he's in, it's like a movie theater almost, and he's in the middle, and there's like a girl who's depressed on one side, a dude with or a girl with a, a, a vitiligo on the other side, two dudes kissing up above them, and him in the middle. And he gave a good explanation. He was like, yo, we did the cover art and we said we wanted to show the outcasts of society and how everybody and how teenagers are relating to being those outcasts now. And, and he, was, he also went into saying how he was an outcast and he say how he, he felt like he was the outcast of the rap game and whatnot. And I can I can kind of see that. I, I can kind of see that about Yachty. Yeah. I mean, he's rapping about being happy and and. I don't sometimes it's hard to determine what his content is, but <laughs> he's rapping about being himself and being happy and doing and and having fun. And a lot, he doesn't go into like he's not a hood rapper. Like he's not like Migos is still talking about street shit. Like he's Migos is straight up still talking about bricks and 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 selling on the corner and guns. And he's not about that. And I think that does make him somewhat of outcast. Like, yes, the rap industry has moved yeah. where it's not just the street cats that are considered hip hop anymore, but it's it's still like that nigga still has red ass hair with beads on it, bro. Like <laughs> I think like I think it's just a generational thing. Like this 
like people, like kids nowadays, they like everything, literally. Like they don't, there's not one thing. So I can like Kendrick Lamar and then I can like, you know what I'm saying, Lil Yachty. Yeah. They're two completely different artists. That's just the generation. They, their ears, are diff- they have a different sound. As opposed to when Joe Budden was coming up, you know what I'm saying? All it was was like street rappers, who has the best lines, who has the best bars. And then, yeah, you, I can get I can get on a main la- a, a label, make a, a hit record, and then start popping like that. You know, one of the other things is like in, in older rap and, um, you know, our, the older generation or whatnot, they pretty much like I know a lot a lot of dudes wasn't necessarily doing what they were talking about, but a lot of the weight that you got in the rap game was, you know, a part of that. You know, if you had that street cred, yeah. like mm-hmm. you could really pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, as long as your story was pretty legit, you know. I mean, not I'm not gonna say legit. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's that. But then like. As soon as you get into that, then as soon as you're into that, it's how it's, it's all about business now. It, as if you want it to be about making money, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? It's all about business. So like, yeah, Jay Z perfected that shit. He came up and he really, you know, what I'm saying he was into some shit mm-hmm. and he perfected the business moves where he's one of the, you know, what I'm saying top people in the world, one of the richest people in the world right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This generation. The internet and YouTube and all that is is one of the biggest platforms. So if Lil Yachty could could make a hit record that sells platinum or X amount of uh, of singles, as opposed to just making a good ass album, he's trying to get his he's trying to get his money. Yeah. That's that's just the mindset of this generation. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. About making quality stuff necessarily is about making a quality something that's going to attract you right now. And then once once that fades away, let me let me make something else that's going to bring you back. Well, I think it's it's about making it, uh, a, a lot of today's generation is about making stuff fast. And you know, sometimes we we, we say the the new generation doesn't get it, but I think a lot of times they they look at it from a standpoint they're looking at like, all right, how can I feed my family faster? You know right, what I'm right, saying? Yeah. They just mm-hmm. want. Doing stuff so quick and so fast as if it's not gonna. And that's not you know, necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, definitely, but, it's not. It's not at all. You know, in, in all things you do, you want to speed up the process and whatnot. But at the same time, some sometimes you have to understand the life lessons that you get out exactly. of you know going through certain things and going through it slowly. Exactly. You know, which is which is what we can attest to with you know the fashion stuff too, because we. Literally from that, we can say we start from the bottom and we're, you know, slowly making our way up. Exactly. So, so and and it's such an on-demand, like, there's an on-demand culture for everything now. Like, yeah. we, I was just listening to an interview. Um, I forget who DJ Envy, it was on Satellite Radio, and DJ Envy was interviewing somebody and he was like, the speed at which music comes out, it's like you're always looking for that new, that next hot thing. Right. Because... And nobody just sits with a with a project anymore and kind of like absorbs it. It's just like, oh, I listen to this project and it's done. So like he compared it to the the movement from like More Life to Kendrick's album. Now it's also debatable that More Life wasn't that good. We'll have that conversation another another time. There were some there were some songs, but we'll have that conversation another time. <laughs> but it was like once 
more life happened than it was like, oh, okay, Drake's album's out. We're listening to it. We listen to it. It's over. Now Kendrick's album's out. It's the next thing. And we, I'm not going to bang more life anymore because Kendrick's out. Oh, now Kendrick's album's been out for a couple weeks. What's next? And I think these kids have adapted to that. Like, there's the hip hop. There's like the culture people who are the hip hop purists who mm-hmm. will sit with an album and sit with a project and listen to it. But also, a lot of these kids grew up with Instagram refreshes every 30 seconds. And Twitter is a constant refresh of new things. So, like, that, these kids have adapted to that shit and they know how to work in it. Yeah. Like, they, like, Yachty and I swear, like, Yachty, between Yachty, Migos, 21 Savage, and Lil Uzi Vert, there's a new song every 15 minutes because they can do that. They can just throw that shit and it doesn't have to go through. The label has to process it and sign off on it. And then this person has to okay it. And then the marketing guy has to okay it. And then, no, they can just put that shit on SoundCloud and pop. And it has 100 million views 20 minutes later. Like, (laughs) you know, um, every time I go to my YouTube, like, I'll play music off my YouTube every now and then, you know, just to get the songs that I don't have on my phone. Yeah. And I swear. It goes to bad and bougie. It's been doing that for the past <laughs> almost year. I, I swear, it, it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> go to YouTube. I cannot pass bad and bougie. <laughs> I, I don't even have to look at bad and bougie. Like, it's just like, going to come up. For, for music videos or anything, it's kind of it's top songs of you know same every year. So, but how? Well, it, it's like how much do you think they they pay YouTube to even direct me in that direction? You, you know, that's real. That's that's one hundred percent real. So I can I can understand that. So, uh, he eventually the the screaming part of the interview, um, which basically it boiled down to Joe Budden asked the question. This is the clip that went viral out of it was Joe Budden, so what do you want to get out of the rap industry? And Yachty kind of gives, like, he's like, yo, I'm just chilling. I'm just having fun with, like, the fact that I can now buy four cars. Like, I went from, (laughs) I went, because he says in the interview, he was like, I went from a college dorm where I had no money eating soup, like, eating ramen noodles, and now I can pay off my parents' house, and I can buy four cars, and I got a million in, in in the bank account, and $500,000 worth of clothes and jewelry on. So I'm just trying to enjoy this and have fun. And Joe Budden's like, like, well, what do you want to get out of What do you want to give up to hip-hop? And what do you want to sacrifice in hip-hop? What do you provide to the culture? I think that was kind of bullshit. Because I can tell you right now that Pump 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 It Up Joe Budden was not thinking about what he can give to the culture. Yeah. And, and, 18, 19, 20. I don't know how Joe Budden is somewhere between 36 and 81. So I don't know <laughs> how old this nigga is. But <laughs> but I can tell you that the pump 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 it up Joe Budden was not thinking about what he can give to the culture of hip hop. And Yachty is legit 19. I think of myself at 19. I ain't know what the fuck I wanted. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what party was popping on Friday <laughs> and what shuttle to take from the, to get there. You know, he's hungry. He's he's hungry for money, obviously. You know, and women and the things that he he, he talks about in his music. So that's what he wants to do, I mean, and that's yeah. the same thing. But was you know doing when he first came out. Everybody yeah. 
Everybody, everybody in the rap industry is hungry for money at right. some point. Yeah, at some point in their career. Well, you're hungry for something. It right. doesn't necessarily have to be money. Right. You're, you're, you're hungry. No, nah, but just, yeah, it may be money and then you change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe kind of like J. Cole McKendrick. You know what I'm saying? You come in the game for a certain reason, but then you realize something, you know what I'm saying, that's fucking you up. So you you talk about something different. but yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Think that I think Joe Budden is just sour that his career didn't pop, you know, saying the way he wanted it to go. So now he's being salty, acting all conscious, and getting at other rappers like, well, "What you, you know, what I'm saying, what you trying to do?" That yeah, that's exactly what. what are you doing for hip hop right now, what is Joe Budden doing for hip hop right hey, now? Casually, Bruh. How's that boy? I'm just saying. <laughs> I need Bruh. Like, Button, but Button is like legitimate. Button is a legitimate lyricist, and like the stuff he did with like Slaughterhouse is dope. But ever since like that second Slaughterhouse mixtape, all he's been doing is like loving hip hop rap, and that shit annoys the shit out of me because I was like, you are capable of doing so much better. Right, right. What are you doing right now? Wasn't besides screaming before? on a little nigga? <laughs> Wasn't he that before? Like after your eye right, for real? After he Joe Button put on his uh, put his first CD out. Uh, the fo- with focus on there, with pump it up on there, with mm-hmm. all that was a pretty good, pretty good album. Yeah, yeah, I, I was rocking with it, but like after that, what? 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 I'm telling you, Slaughterhouse. That's it. <laughs> that first Slaughterhouse mixtape was beast because it was him and other people that were spitting on that level. Like all the Slaughterhouse was part, rocking. Part as well. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. Always the white guy. You know oh yeah. <laughs> so like, that's my problem with Button, and I think like that that can that can easily take us like when you're thinking about lyricists and you're thinking about what he could have been, we can kind of pivot and talk to uh, our next topic, which is Kendrick. This Kendrick Lamar damn album. This damn Kendrick Lamar album. <laughs> I'm I'm still got it in rotation, man. Bruh, so do I. Like, I think this is the first album in a while you got to sit and, like, think through. Like, there's (laughs) so much, like, it's such a, like, dense album that you got to kind of figure out what he's talking about and what what he's meaning. And, like, you'll listen to it the first time and then, like, 20 listens down the road, you pick up on some shit like, oh, that's what that means, bro. That that I appreciate that type of hip hop. Like, there's 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 places, honestly, for different places types of hip hop. There's there's the sit and think with it, which is like Wayne, circa Carter two II and three. There's Lupe. There's J lines that you had to go back and think about. There's Nas lines that you had to go back and like. Before Rap Genius came along, you had to go Google some shit to figure out some other shit to, to realize that he was referencing something on a Saturday morning, morning cartoon X-Men from 94. Like, <laughs> playing it back on your tape or, or your CD or whatever, you know what I mean? And write, try to write down the lyrics. <laughs> and figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you had an M. M was that way, too, where it was some stuff you had to figure out and references you had to figure out. And that's where this this album takes me is that place where it's like, yo, okay, I gotta sit here and think about what he means, and you find yourself like at different times relating to different pieces of the album, 
And I definitely have found that a number of times. <laughs> I feel you, and I and I and I too found myself at the at the same you know in the same predicament. Yeah, but I mean, I, I want to ask a question, like personally, I want to ask both of you guys. What do y'all feel about the the second album, the second Kendrick album? The Butterfly. No, the uh, the you know how they were saying that. Uh, Dan was pretty oh, much two oh, albums. The second in release one. that he was supposed to drop. Yes, yes. The second release that the Sunday after. <laughs> we didn't get to the first album. Now you talk, already talking about this. We already <laughs> talking about the second. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was one of the. I, what do you think, PJ? It, it was dope. Like I, I haven't. Now that's the, the the downfall of me is I've been listening to it so much, I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to it because they said that you have to listen to it in reverse order. Yeah. In order to understand that the, it's two separate albums, yeah. and I haven't I haven't done it yet, and I I'm a big proponent of, and this is interesting. This I'm a big proponent of track list order, uh-huh. because the first the first couple times I want to listen to it, I want to listen to it as the artist is telling me to listen to it. Listen to it one through fourteen, and I've had a I've had an album notably, and I said this in an early early podcast episode. I think. That song order definitely matters. So I completely agree. Sure. And I, and the first album that I I really said that about, and this is gonna take some people like take some time and go back and do this. And I didn't tell y'all about this either, but go back and listen to Drake's album uh Thank Me, Thank Me Later uh-huh. backwards. And it's an entirely better album. Wait, what? Wait, what? Believe it or not, I y'all people Start it because it it starts with um, okay. So that does I you know come to think about it because that was I, honestly I would say that was my favorite Drake album. Like, really? I, oh yes. I, oh, yeah. ooh, that's, that's interesting because I'm more of a Take Care fan. Like Take Care is my favorite Drake album. It's my favorite album. Also. Wait, wait, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Take Care. Take Care is my favorite Drake album, but somebody slap me, guys. <laughs> But I'm telling you, go back and listen to, to to Thank Me Later backwards, starting with Thank Me Now and ending with Fireworks. So it it, it takes uh, the oh, whole wow. album gets better, believe it or not. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to try that. Go yeah. ahead and try that. But going back to Kendrick, I it's really dope. Like I saw I read the article and read the themes that that because I, I enjoyed the album. Like, first and foremost, I really enjoyed that joint. Um, and now that I got to go back and listen to it again, it, it makes me appreciate it more. Like, yo, he probably thought about this shit. And the fact that he I thought agree. about it makes I, it amazing. But that's, you know, that, that you know, you're going to get that out of a Kendrick album. You got to have something. And to be honest with you, when I first heard like this Kendrick album, I was kind of like, I was feeling it. Like, no question about that. I love the songs. I love the vibe of the album. But mm-hmm. I was I was kind of like disappointed in a sense that Kendrick always provides something to like really sit and meditate on every album. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard them, I was like, all right, so I just feel like this is your jump. Like you in mainstream already, but this is your like full jump into it, you know? But then when I started listening to the album, like listening to the bars and paying attention to the like skits and stuff like that, I'm like, 
no, there's there's something else in here. Like, yep. there's something else in this thing. And then, you know, the, the, the rumors started coming out. And I was like, you know what? This got to be. <laughs> Kendrick didn't disappoint me after all. He definitely, dis- he definitely did not disappoint Because he definitely, like, there's always something in the Kendrick. I'm like, so for Good Kid, Mad City, like, it was the whole story. And it was the fact that it was like you were reading a movie right. of what happened with him and his boys in this fucked up night and 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 everything that happened. And then with To Pimp a Butterfly, it was like it was building to that Pac interview that nobody I'm glad nobody spoiled that for me. That 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 interview was at the end of that joint. And if you haven't heard it by now, you, you just fucked in the game. But <laughs> like a thousand times before I even knew I even had an idea of what was going on. Bruh, and it's the fact that he references the whole fucking interview in the whole album, and then it comes to the interview, you're like, oh shit, that's Pac talking. Like, the fuck? <laughs> and and then this one, when it when it, when I heard the rumors, like, first I heard the rumor that it was going to be the, it was going to be two separate albums. Yeah. So, then I was, like, excited, and then afterwards, when it came out, like, yo, it still is two separate albums, you just gotta listen to it right. I was like, that's crazy. That's that's just creative. That's just you know, I, that's an artist bringing his it, real art to mm-hmm. and you exactly. know really putting something into what he's doing. And it's, and I, that's kind of like what I you know what we were kind of talking about with Yachty. You know exactly. Yachty necessarily does that, but at the same time, I do feel like Yachty he has an idea of what he's doing. He he knows what he wants. He knows what he's going for. Anyway, no, 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 no. You're 100% right. And especially, I think they're doing it in different ways, though, because like Kendrick's older, thinks deeper. And when you, there's not a lot of people who are going to be that deep at 18, 19, and think that and had that much life experience. Because that takes life experience, bro. Like to do some some deep artwork like that, you got to have a feeling in you and a talent for it. So Yachty's doing it his own way. Like when he was explaining his album cover about how he's an outcast and stuff like he has some of that but it's not it's not developed yet and you can't expect that from somebody who just started like kendrick been rapping for a minute now and been doing this for a minute and you can tell kendrick think on a whole nother level (laughs) yadi is not there yet like maybe he will be there maybe he won't maybe he won't but he's he's trying he's thinking at his level at least he is trying Exactly. At least we do have an idea that he's trying. Now, <laughs> is Tiger trying? No, he's not. <laughs> Fuck that nigga. But, <laughs> but you can tell at least he's he's thinking through something of what appeals to him. And yeah. so that's I think Kendrick is just on a whole other level where he just he can man, it's no problem for him. You know exactly. I mean? And it's all about what what each individual wants out of life and out of the rap game. Like you can obviously tell that Kendrick wants to make a difference. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying. If not, if not exactly. in the whole black community in somebody's life, you know, mm-hmm. some fashion, former fashion. Every every album, like you said, the first one was like a movie. You know, what I'm saying the Pepper Butterfly was kind of like the black, the whole black society, mm-hmm. and then this last album was just kind of like a more personal emotional type joint exactly talks about each each type of feeling you know saying that an individual an individual can go through that's a good point and Mm -hmm. i heard what like when i heard that you listen to it backwards and you get a whole different album 
I listened to it. I listened to it about three times already. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And so wait, definitely... wait. So do you get the feeling? All right, all right, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a different feeling of the album. And you get a different story from what he was telling before. Um, I, I, I had listened to his album like probably almost 100 times before that. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was trained to a different tra- to a different track order. Right. So when I did listen to it backwards, it was a little bit weird. It did feel a little bit off and awkward. But you keep listening to it and realize that yeah, you've heard all these songs before, but told the other way, like you get a different, you get a whole different story, like in general. So oh, that's yeah. nuts. As long as you can just enjoy it, as long as you enjoy Kendrick, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You can listen to that easily and. You know what I'm saying? Just be patient. Just listen to what he's saying, like, the other way. And it's crazy because... It goes from good to evil know, or evil to good, pretty much. Right. And, uh, you know... Okay, so the title of the second album was supposed to be What a Nation, correct? Mm-hmm. And so the whole title spelled out Damnation, which he also had a period after Damn, so it was Damnation. Mm-hmm. Like a double entendre. It's kind of like a double entendre. Like, man, I just love, I love those things. The only Kendrick can, you know what I'm saying, really think about and execute that. Like, Drake's not going to do that. No. I do think Drake has the ability, but Drake's not going to do that. Drake has the ability, but he doesn't have the the thought process to do that. Yeah, but I also think he goes back into what you know what I was saying earlier about the the background as well. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely about the the where where you're trying to go in 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 what you're doing, but at the same time, it is about your background and you know. Uh, Kendrick went through, you know, a certain thing, and Yachty went through his thing, and you know, it's two completely different things. And just to throw this extra part in there, which was really interesting to me, because okay, it, those who listen to the podcast know um, I was at Coachella, and he dropped the album the Thursday before Coachella. Oh yeah. So he headlined Coachella that Sunday night, so we had some time. We didn't have a, a whole bunch of time to sit with the album and kind of get into it. But the the part that he brought visually into the album that you would only get if you were at Coachella was the whole Kung Fu Kenny part. Right. And the whole Kung he does a whole video montage where he's uh he's Kung Fu Kenny and it's kind of like he's going to go he has a whole storyline just on that where Kung Fu Kenny is going to go rescue his chick and he's battling stuff and has these dope fight scenes and stuff. He used that in the concert. So that's a third whole fucking storyline that you're not going to get unless you go see him live. Yeah. And yeah. it would have made more impact, I think, because we went to weekend one and he dropped it on the Thursday of weekend, the Thursday before weekend one. So literally I get off my plane flying in LAX and pop open Facebook and Kendrick dropped. And I was like, Oh shit. So, so it's like we banked it. Like as soon as we, as soon as it came out, we threw it on in the car because we were like, "Yo, we gotta get ready for Sunday." <laughs> so, but then and then it just the visuals was the opening, and it's like um, it's like the old Bruce Lee kung fu movies. It's, it's Bruce Leroy type, and then uh, the the kung fu setting, and it's it's just a whole other visual piece to it that you have to get the story. He he's really intertwined, and I I will compare this 
this is okay, and this is me being being stand number one for Childish. Childish Gambino actually dropped um, with his because the Internet album. Um, Childish dropped a a uh, entire screenplay with his second album that it told you all the audio clues within the screenplay to li- when to listen to certain songs and when to listen to certain parts. So he made a world. He made a whole world for you to get entertained by alongside the album. Kendrick has done that without the screenplay. And, and it's just been amazing. <laughs> like it's been it's been nuts of what to deal with. This man is 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 really smart. He's he's incredibly smart. And I you know, I all you can do is sit back and apply. Like you like you said, Tupac came to him. Like anybody who says that, you know that that they're serious about. First of all, you gotta know they're crazy. They're, they're crazy. obsessed with what they do. Exactly. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate it. But so, so he's also humble about everything too, which is cool. But it did seem like you know what I'm saying on this last album that he dropped, he was getting a little cocky. He, uh, he got knew, a little cocky he on it. You know what I'm saying? He, was, he got he, a little cocky. He knew on he's it. number like one that. right now in the game. I'm, I'm like that. I like that. I'm okay with that though. I'm super okay with that. <laughs> cool with honestly, that. honestly, that's that's one of the like reasons why I like Drake because when he gets up there and he starts talking his shit, man. <laughs> no Drake, apologies. Oh. <laughs> right. He has bars and he's confident about he it. He has bars and he's very confident about it. And I, I love that. And I just want to go back to a point where you said it seemed a little bit more commercial. Um, I can see that, but I can think, I kind of think it kind of comes that way. Cause like you can tell DNA humble were meant to be singles and especially to join loyalty, like, loyalty. Obviously it's like, yeah. like blatant <laughs> commercial, but it's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not like a typical mainstream song. Though. Yes. But it's, it, I mean, it's, it's a jab. It's, it, it's, it, yeah, it's a sure, jab. For sure. <laughs> but like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. But I and I really like and especially like you gotta the the key to music which I, I later found out, um, especially talking to more people like in music industry and just talking to them, you get you hook in women. Women actually buy CDs and women buy tickets to to concerts. That's so you have to have something that appeals to women. This is why, um, so like a song like Loyalty or a song, um, a, a song. Love. Loyalty and kind of what's the other joint? This like I guess love. Love. Yeah, yeah. is gonna hook your your female fans. And the thing I notice about Kendrick Kendrick's female fans is they're a little bit deeper than most. Like they're pretty dope chicks. <laughs> they have to be to, to understand his type of uh, his type of lyrical content and his delivery. Yeah. At they eat it, you know. You, you got to be like really into it, God, girl or guy. You got to. Yeah, that's how you, you know that their, their mindset in general is just different. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You know, when you when someone says I listen to Kendrick Lamar, like you automatically think like, okay, this person. Right, right. Different. And they actually know his songs <laughs> and his albums. Yeah. Exactly. I was hoping, I was hoping to have a couple uh, Kendrick girls here today, but. Oh, <laughs> we'll we'll have him back in another episode. Y'all know from uh, virtual dopeness fans know KC. She's a huge Kendrick fan. Y'all know where is Keisha. You know Keisha, right, Damon? Yeah. So, um, uh, and then same with same with Sheikah. So, uh, just 
it, it's just like this album is something special. I believe it is. I'm gonna keep listening to it and go through it. It's gonna be around for at least at that's least the summer. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's gonna go on forever. It's a <laughs> oh yeah. Classic. Would you every, call it a classic? Every no, song, got, look, every song was on the billboard. It got, every it song. Got like, <laughs> Over ninety percent rating on the make on the uh that the whatever music scale it is out of hundred. If it was main, a, if it was a movie, he'd have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of speaking of Rotten Tomatoes and places we go on the internet, um, we have our last topic, and yeah, you like that smooth transition, right? <laughs> <laughs> I pick up where I can. Damn it! I'm working on this. I'm working on this new format for us. <laughs> but uh, so the uh, the government has decided they they repealed Obama's um, protection where your internet supports internet service provider ISP could not without your permission send your browsing history and sell it to advertisers. So. Those of you on Facebook now and Google know that when you click on something on Facebook or you click on something on Google or search for something on Google, they catalog that. They take a record of that and say, okay, Devon just searched Google for best iMac laptop case. And then, so the next time you log on to Facebook or you next time you log on to Google or you next time you log in a couple other places, all of a sudden you start getting advertisements for automatically, automatically start getting advertisements for iMac laptop cases. And I just had it with book bags. Like I'm looking my book bag for work ripped and I need a, the top of it ripped. I need a new one. So I started looking on Amazon for backpacks. Well, when I log into Facebook, I'm now getting advertisements for the new Samsonite joint or the new uh, Toomey bag or the new hot commuter laptop bag. And that is big fucking business. I'm talking billions because they can advertisers can now figure out what you're looking for and target that shit. If you start looking up Kendrick, a bunch of Kendrick videos on YouTube, they can now push that the, the uh, advertisement for the damn album to the front of your to the front of your browser and that is huge fucking business and what happened was Obama had a protection a law that said that your internet service provider can't do that without your permission the Republicans and Trump just overturned that shit so now they can sell your data so why is this a big deal so, this is a big deal in privacy. This is a big deal in just inf- protecting your information because the what you search on the internet is basically anything about you, where you bank, where you frequent as far as like going to going to the club or going to the grocery store. It can be all of that information that someone can build a profile on you. It's an, an entire invasion of privacy. So, because they have done this, and and okay, last part about this of why it's it's different between Facebook and Google, and your internet service provider, is 
Facebook and Google, you can you can decide individually that you don't need to go to Facebook tomorrow. Close your account and never log in again. Yeah. You can go use I don't even know if Ash Jeeves is still around. You can go use Ash Jeeves. You can go like. use Yahoo Lycos. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, the old ones. Yo, y'all Lycos, remember Netscape? <laughs> you can go do that and not use their website anymore. But your internet service provider, you can't get around them. <laughs> so how do y'all feel about this this invasion of privacy? You know, and do you care? Let's put that out there too. Do you care? Man, that second question is a little bit harder than, than I thought it would be to answer. You know, I care, but at the same time, it's like... You can't yeah. really do anything about it, so you just got to tolerate it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, just in general, it, it, I, I care, but it doesn't surprise me. Because you know that eventually... It's been, you know what I'm saying? It's going to come down to, we already have, like, me and Devon were talking the other day. We have social security numbers for where the government to keep track of us. You know what I'm saying? So eventually the government's just going to keep finding ways to to find out what who we are or where we at, our information, all, all this stuff. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, it kind of concerns me, but I know that that's going to happen eventually. And we're just going to have to figure out a way to, you know what I'm saying, get through that. Yeah, I think that my it's personal... It's going to get worse. My, my, my personal... It's definitely going to get worse. It's it's no question going to keep getting worse. Well, and, and that's the thing. As technology gets better, that's just what's going to naturally happen. Right. They look for ways to restrict technology, to restrict, you know, everything so that it can be measured. Per se. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like, I, I, I'm mixed feelings about it, but at the same time, I, I'm like, I, I don't think it's a. a, a I, nowadays, you have enough information on people to like provide a virtual representation of that person. And I just feel like that's a bit too much information. Not just that, but like I can find out someone can a news a new person be hired at my job. I get their first and last name. I look it up. I can find out what like a lot about a lot of information just from the first and last name. Just from a single Google search. And Google search. And you'll be surprised like how quick it shows you that person versus another person name. Uh, Douglas Winfield, or exactly. you know what I'm saying, whatever, exactly. or or uh, Pam Gregor, or that you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and and that's the other thing. It, it's it, it, the, what's really playing into this situation is the fact that you can't do that. You can't search yes. in and zone in on somebody that's specific right uh, they, you know they know you're talking about this person in uh you, you know in our case texas or in, in your case atlanta you mm-hmm. know and i think it's i think it's a given a curse because we all do and this is something that somebody said um 
I, I'm a big proponent of listening uh, to Charlemagne the God, and he says something uh, that is it's. I mean, he's he's one of these people who's like dumb smart. Like he's I I, I fully he he's he's influenced me as a podcaster and as a as a as a voice. But he says at one point Malcolm X was Malcolm Little. So I I think it 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 takes with you your whole life, and you can't for better or for worse reinvent yourself because like I know homies like I have friends who have been to jail for X Y and Z reasons. Some people who uh, I know from some people from high school who are still in jail they probably need to stay there, <laughs> and some people who made a fucked up made a dumbass decision. Dumb, petty decision. Dumb, petty decision. And they are a good person, but because this record lives out there, you can never get away from it. And they have to work with that every day of their life and not try to, their hardest not to affect them. So that's just, that's one case of something where you can, you can search for a person and find anything about them. Now we volunteer some of that information. You don't have to volunteer that you live in Atlanta or put on Facebook who you work for. I, in particular, don't who ha- have on the Internet who well, it's on the Internet, but I don't have on my Facebook who I work for because they have policies that say if you say something too far out of line, we can technically fire you and you have to sign that on the way in. Now, with with what if what if that let's take that a step further. Say I search on the internet for, say I'm a, a regular Muslim person. Say I'm even black Muslim. I'm not, I'm Christian, but say I'm a black Muslim person and I wanted to find out information on ISIS just because maybe I'm a black Muslim student and I'm doing a report in my history class on ISIS and I search ISIS recruitment mm-hmm. and down the line, if that information is stored on me, does that hurt the fact that, okay, I'm a Muslim person I, during during my college tenure, maybe I went to Berkeley, maybe I went to some liberal arts school, maybe I went to community college, and it now tags me as somebody who once looked up ISIS, that's an extreme case, but that that is a strike against you and something that could be stored by your internet service provider. It's not necessarily going to be stored by Google. It's not we see the 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 obvious points now where it's like, oh, well, it's for advertising. So what if I get a couple more pop up ads directed as stuff that I was looking for? So if I, what if I if I have my area up and they're advertising the new ice cream shop down the street? But if it is logged and cataloged, it can be taken a little bit far. Like the the extreme point is the is the, the movie Minority Report where they were picking up people before they made crimes based on what they searched and looked for and thought. But is that it's, it's far fetched, but it's not like I I'm a big, I've recently gotten into data science where you can tell trends and things from a bunch of data and you, you put it into a database and you look into it to figure out, Oh, well all these people over here in Texas are searching for uh, a new organic cattle feed. So I know now that the cattle ranchers in Texas want to try to to clean up the stuff that their cattle are eating because that's what's important to them and that's what's selling in the market. That seems harmless, but it can be directed in the same fashion 
in a different way. And I mean, even though some of this sounds like, okay, put your tinfoil hat on. This nigga's conspiracy theory crazy. But it's not that far fetched. <laughs> that far-fetched i don't i don't i agree i don't think it's that far-fetched yeah so that's why i think this is something that's definitely important for people to know and important um even if you're not in the tech community even if you're not somebody who's in the data science or programming that you might that that we need to also kind of fight against so another piece of this and i want to get your take on this is the the owners of oh god i forgot the company that quick it wasn't Pinterest. It was another country. The, the the owners of some company was trying to buy the internet search histories of Congress. Oh, wow. <laughs> because of this law, it's be, they were trying to buy the internet search histories of Congress. And you quickly found out that you couldn't technically do it because they don't, nece- they don't necessarily have to give... They give aggregates. And so what that means is they give collections of data. So they, they may give, you can request, so Devon, you can go to Verizon or AT&T and say, hey, let me get the internet. They aggregated the collected data of the internet search history of everybody in uh, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. But it doesn't have necessarily Devon searched for pigeons on uh sunday whatever date this is may 6th 7th 12th whatever the hell day we're recording damn it <laughs> so it doesn't have that specifically but it still has the the aggregated together but at some point you have to go like in order to collect information you have to have that individual information somewhere so how long is it before they get down to that level of Paul Jordan specifically, or not just this IP address specifically search for this, but Paul Jordan specifically. Damn, I said my government twice. Shit. Uh, I'll have to edit that part. I said the shit out of yours. I'll, I'll come back. Low key, you said yours in the beginning, but <laughs> okay, we'll clean that up. Don't worry about it. That's what post. That's what editing's for. But, um, but that doesn't have necessarily that Joe Blow said at this point i'm looking for this and if that information exists somewhere how long is it before we get to that point i think it's pretty soon before we get to that point um i I think that we've already kind of shown shown that we can do that so i think it's really close and i i think that i think it's really scary at the same time uh i I just personally, I don't like to like have all that type of information on me at all times. Like that's exactly. I think it's just a little bit far. I'm, that's what's far fetched. <laughs> when you, <laughs> you want to control me to that that degree, it's it's a bit far fetched. You know? It is, but I, I I still it's something to worry about. Like it's it's logical. You got to think of all possibilities. So that's yeah. that's kind of where I sit with it. You know, I, I, and, and the one thing when, I, when you brought up my Minority Report, uh, I was thinking about this um, something that I actually saw on 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 Netflix. I'm not sure if you guys saw it as well, but they were talking about you know the book that police hold 
uh, with rappers, with a bunch of rappers in them. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like prior information. Uh, uh, it's prior information on these guys that you know maybe they've had a DUI in such mm-hmm. a state or something. You you, you know they're, they're, they're basically their records, and yeah. it's like packaged in a, a, a book that's readily available. It's readily accessible. And uh, they use they use this in order to do things kind of like in in the movie Minority Report to uh, I, I guess target not, them they prevent but tar- yeah target that and uh, you know uh, catch that before it even happens right you know and, and it's crazy because when you think about it it's like you don't even you, you don't know that's what I was thinking you don't exactly. know exactly. That's if that's what I was actually gonna do, I mean, you know what I mean. That's it. That's that's the problem with the with the war on drugs. You know. Yep. It, it, you're you you're you're pre. It's premeditated thought. That's the that, problem with like every. That's the problem gonna, with every security within the U.S. or any other country for that matters. Every country has their own credit prejudices, and yeah, so from the yeah. police to TSA to the military. You know what I'm saying? The army, whatever. You see a certain person because not just because of the way the government has like fed us information, but maybe you've seen something firsthand from that type of person. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, I got this is my first impression. This is the only person I want to have. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not. You know, I'm not rocking with that. So exactly. And hey, I and perfect example of that. Perfect example of that. It wasn't the police, but it was okay. So I don't know if you guys use Nextdoor. It's uh-huh. kind of like a Facebook for your neighborhood, um, and it's actually pretty popular. It's a good way to like share information in the community. So I live in a pretty populated. Hopefully, I'm not targeting myself, but I live in a very populated area of Atlanta. And Two Chains, the, the rapper, opened up a restaurant at the end of the street. Yeah. So. He it's actually, yeah, I've, I've pretty much told exactly like the area that I live in. So hopefully nobody comes and robs me or kidnaps me, but you ain't going to get much money kidnapping me. But anyway, um, uh, two chains, <laughs> two chains opened up a restaurant at the end of the street. As soon as the announcement went out that he was partnering with a person to open this restaurant, we have the, the neighborhoods in flux. It's kind of trying to gentrify, but there's, bars and um, restaurants in the area that are kind of like big in nightlife. So there's, there's um, spin shout out spin. Cause I spent a lot of money and time in there and the homie used to be the uh, manager over there. Uh, yeah, actually he's been on the podcast. If y'all go back a couple episodes, um, uh, Sharif has been on a couple episodes or gold member lifestyle. That's what he went as. He was been on a live. He's been on a been on a podcast before. He used to be a manager over there, so I spent a lot of time in there. Same people own a place called Two Five Five and Blue Cantina, and people complain about who move into the neighborhood and are trying to pretty much gentrify the neighborhood. Are complaining about oh well they make too much noise. It's the quality of life. They clog up traffic. Okay, well you moved into the neighborhood knowing what was here. So when Two Chains goes to open up his spot, Escobar, um, where the food's actually pretty good, service is a little shifty, but the girls are pretty. Um, uh, they went to open up the restaurant, and the first thing they did was go back 
and pull up all his prior drug convictions. Like, oh, how are we letting not even convictions? He was arrested. He was never convicted. All his drug arrests where he was selling weed when he was in like high school or he his tour bus was stopped because it had a bunch of weed on it. Kind of like in a rural area in Alabama, because that's what they do. Like Snoop's been stopped. Willie Nelson's been stopped. Uh, Two Chain's been stopped. And they found weed on the bus and maybe found a couple of guns on the bus. But that's because they have high power security who all the guns ended up being legal. And they all somebody went down for the drug charge. Like, OK, we found weed on the bus, but we damn near legal everywhere now. Yeah. And they brought that up like, oh, how are we letting this criminal open up a business in our neighborhood? Come the fuck on. Two Chains is a college educated rapper, successful businessman. And y'all are bringing up bullshit because y'all don't want another black business in the neighborhood. Now, they have secured parking. They have secured all permits they've ever needed. They had two people complain about one time that the dumpster was overflowing and one time the music was really loud on like a Sunday night. And so they, they worked with it to, to craft the music differently, to, to focus it differently so it wasn't pouring out into the neighborhood. That's it. They, Two Chains did absolutely nothing wrong. And they had condemned this man for the stuff that they could access on the internet about him. So just like you were saying, like they have a book of priors and stuff that they had. That's that's it, it that you can see it on a small scale of what just normal you and me can access Yeah. versus, oh, now we can get the search history of what they might be planning on doing 10 yeah. years down the line. Or maybe just I can't tell you how much random shit I've <laughs> Googled in the past week. <laughs> put a good sense on it to also even put a good sense on it. You can search. Rich, like you can go to a website and you can search for pedophiles in your neighborhood. You True. can search things like that. So I mean, there, there's all there's also benefits to these things as well. But oh man, I just feel so. It, it makes me claustrophobic now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I'm not I'm not claustrophobic. I'm nowhere right. near that. You know? So it makes me feel like that. Exactly. Nobody wants to feel like that. So like that. to kind of wind it up. Um, Pretty much the only way we have recourse on this is to one, write, like, figure out who you're, be informed on who your senator is, who your local congressman is, who the people around you are that are making these, that are helping making these decisions. That's first off, know at least who your people are in your neighborhood. And I'm even guilty of not knowing until recently who represented my district in Congress or who represents, who is my, who are my, my state senators and one, be educated on that Two, get your lazy ass up and fucking vote. Cause, and I can't say this enough. Your vote does matter, especially when it comes down to, there is no fucking electoral college for your Senator, for your Congressman, for your state representative, for your state legislature, like in, in, interstate not not going all the way up to the federal government but in your state these things will help you out knowing these things and voting on these things can change things That's so and that, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry let me, let me just kind of kick in here for a second uh if you're looking for ways to even do that look check this out 
you got a phone, go to your app store, download Countable. Countable gives you, it basically gives you like when things are voted for in your community, it, when things uh, happen in your community, when, when stuff is voted on in your community, uh, what's going on. Uh, they, they make it so specific to, to, like I said, your community, but they also provide a broad range of topics as well. So I'm not sure if it's on, uh, on Android, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I, I do believe that it is. Um, but I know it's on iOS. So download Countable. Countable, it'll, it'll help you, you know, make it easy for things like that. Exactly. And, and I'm just saying that's a perfect way. Like, thank you. Thank you so much, Devon, because that that is just an easy way to get to that information. And I think it has the if I remember right, it has the contact information for those people as well. Oh, so, yeah, so. yeah. So you can actually call their office and the bigger people, it's going to be hard to get it like a contact with them. But you can call and say, this is how I feel on this topic. If enough people make that happen, that's how we defeated the first time they tried to pass that Trump care bullshit. That's how that got defeated. And the second time, now that they, they've rigged some, some bullshit together and passed it through the House, it's still got to pass the Senate, which I don't think it will. Um, you got to let these people know how you feel. And if they know that the people in their district are like, yo, one, we're paying attention to this. And if you vote for this shit, you ain't going to have a job. They work for you, B. Like dead ass, they work for you. So that's why that's that's entirely important. So I will wrap the podcast up on that note, um, and I will catch y'all on the intro, the 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 outro that I'm gonna do. Um, y'all know how I do. I <laughs> wrap it up, put a little music under it, make it sound nice. Uh, but I just want to first and foremost thank both of y'all for coming through. I look forward to some more podcasts. It'll be more fun, more interesting, different topics. We talked, we were talking probably for like two hours before this podcast about just different stuff we wanted to talk about. And it, it, it got me excited. So I want to thank y'all for coming through. Uh, go ahead. Once again, um, if y'all want to be contacted, uh, shout y'all information out and I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Well, go ahead. How, if, if you want, however you want people to contact y'all. So Instagram, Twitter's maybe any, anything that you active on that you want them to, to to contact you on go ahead and shout that out and anything you want to pub go ahead and shout that out too <laughs> so devon uh yeah if you'd like to follow my personal account it's sir kaiser uh on instagram spell that joint on at s-i-r-k-e-y-s-e-r sir kaiser uh like usual suspects kaiser so say so um yeah, you can check me out on there. Uh, you can also check my brand out. Uh, like I was saying earlier in the introduction, uh, I, I do a clothing brand. So, um, uh, well, it's a lifestyle brand, but it's called Ill Lifestyle. It stands for Essential Elements of Life. Um, and that's on Instagram at Ill Lifestyle. And Spell I'm also, that E E L Lifestyle L I F E S T Y L E. There you go. And you can find me, like I said, put the app before that, and you can find me on Instagram. Also, Twitter, I go by the same thing. Facebook, I pretty much go by the same thing, but you can search up Essential Elements of Life as well. 
Oh, and uh, excuse me, I forgot the most important one. My website is illlifestyle.com. E-E-L-lifestyle.com. Castro? All right, so <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on my personal, uh, I usually use um, Instagram, usually the most, but or Snapchat, but it's uh, uh, humble, uh, the Humble GQ, uh, T-H-E, H-U-M-B-L-E-G-Q. Uh, and then I also have um, kind of like uh, just a, a, a fashion page called uh, Humble GQ, which is uh, just H-U-M-B-L-E-G-Q uh, without the without the T-H-E. And then uh, my personal brand, which I'm currently building up, uh, you can follow me at, it's just too familiar, so it's T-W-O. F A M I L I A R, uh, and then this is the same thing on uh, Facebook as well. And y'all watch out because we do a lot of collaborations together as well. Yes. And that's what it's about. I appreciate it. So definitely check them out, guys. Like I'm gonna link up all their stuff in the show notes. Um, and I appreciate y'all coming out. And I will talk to y'all very soon. All right. All right. All right, peace. One. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Season two, episode two of the Virtual Dubness Podcast. Really appreciate all of you coming out, listening, and hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate our new two new co-hosts and look forward to having them back multiple, multiple, multiple times. And seeing their businesses grow, seeing the podcast grow. And we really want you guys to go out there. You you guys make this possible. If you tell a friend to tell a friend, we can do bigger things and we can all get it together. So if you would like to reach us, it's Virtual Dopeness at Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, Virtual Dopeness on Facebook, at Virtual Dopeness on Instagram, Virtual Dopeness on SoundCloud, Virtual Dopeness everywhere, <laughs> at vir- virtualdopeness at gmail.com if you have something longer you want to talk to us about or throw it on a podcast throw it throw it on uh our ratings um we would love five stars but we would also love one star two star three star five or four stars we want you guys to enjoy this and we want to improve we want to make this a better listening experience for you guys and give you guys something uh that that you're going to enjoy every week um if you want to we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes so even the android folks and coming soon we hope to be on spotify but um that's to come um once again appreciate you guys coming out listening uh you can also follow me on twitter at at alex i'm getting more and more active now that i've got my life back together and i will have everything from this show that we talked about in the show notes if you want to go Watch the Yachty interview, Lil Boat. If you want to go watch, um, listen to uh, Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Or if you want some more information on the laws that Congress passed about um, net neutrality and uh, privacy and your browsing history on the net, if you want some more information, we'll also link up the app that uh, Devon talked about that allows you to see the people locally in your neighborhood and allow you to get involved with local politics, even if it's just voting. That's all we want to do is get your voices heard. Um, 
And we appreciate having your voices heard. And we appreciate you as listeners. So as always, be virtual and live dope. Dopeness.